0: like the tingly whatever butterflies love feeling is a fleeting thing uh and you know love in a relationship whether that's something long-term or marriage or whatever um you know that that ultimately shifts into a choice and so for me like i i wake up every morning and i choose to deal with your bullshit
1: welcome to the live your fuck yes life podcast Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome to episode 62 of the podcast. And I I gotta say, I've done a lot of amazing interviews. I've had so many incredible guest speakers and talked about so many topics. And I think this episode is goes down as like my favorite episode to date. And that is because I am so freaking blessed and excited to share this conversation with my amazing, amazing husband and partner and adventure, crazy human um, of life, um, Kevin Loy. Uh, he has come out and agreed to come out of like the depths of not showing up online and really like you probably have noticed he's not really in my Instagram a lot. Um, And that's because he's super private, but we've been talking a lot about this topic together, and I have brought up this conversation topic a whole bunch on the internet and had some really interesting feedback from you guys, and we decided that we wanted to share our perspective on it, as well as a bunch of other stuff that we dive into in today's episode, and I am so excited. But before we get to the episode... This episode is brought to you by Ana Luisa, an amazing jewelry company that I am obsessed with. Not only are their pieces gorgeous and hella affordable, but I absolutely love that their mission is centered around sustainability, using 100% recycled gold in all of their pieces. Want to match with me? I love rocking the honeycomb necklace with the deep V blouse and jeans, and I also love the fan earrings. They add a really nice pop with a simple maxi dress. So you can snag your discount by heading over to analuisa.com forward slash L-Y-F-Y-L. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com forward slash capital L-Y-F-Y-L. Okay, so as I mentioned, this is all all conversation, super candid with Kevin, my husband, and today we're largely talking about the really interesting hot debate online, which is do relationships take work or should they be easy and seamless? Um, And we deep dive into that and so much more, including the story of how we met, um, the crazy story of how and why we got legally married um, with our first wedding. Yep. We got married twice. Um, Our differing perspectives on marriage and relationships on the whole, Um, talking about how to maintain a thriving relationship for almost 10 years and talking about possession and codependency and a whole bunch of other really incredible topics. So without further ado... Here we go. Hi, guys. I am so excited today. Um, We're doing something a little different, and my guest is someone that you probably don't know (laughs) because um, they may not be a guest expert on relationships and health and wellness, but they happen to be one of the most important people in my personal life, and um, I'm really excited to welcome my husband, Kevin Loy, to the podcast. So welcome, welcome. Hi. Hi. <laughs> he's so nervous, you guys. Um, I'm so excited. That is not true. You're not nervous?
0: I'm not at all.
1: Okay, fine. Well, sorry, I misread you. Um, he's just being sneaky and sly with his eyeballs. So, um so we've never done this before, obviously. And um honestly, Kev usually is pretty M I A on pretty much all of the social media stuff. Um, he's a super private Person And you guys know that I share my life (laughs) very openly um, and my story with you guys. Um, And something that I have seen a lot around the Internet lately and also by talking to you guys um, specifically around relationships is that there is like a lot of conceptions around relationships in general, um, partnerships, and also um, a lot of interesting debate around whether... Like healthy, sustainable, long term relationships um, should be quote unquote easy. Or quote unquote challenging and hard, and we're going to talk about that openly today. And I have no idea what we're going to get into, but I'm excited. So, um, before we do that, um, do you want to share like a little bit about yourself and you know get to know, for, so the listeners can get to know who you are outside of just like my husband, who occasionally pops up on Instagram when he lets me.
0: <laughs> I didn't know that I had uh, other. Uh, ways of describing myself
1: you're not just Amanda's I, husband
0: <laughs> yeah no I, I thought that's what I was limited to I, I didn't I didn't really prepare an, an introduction beyond that uh no uh it was funny you talk about uh, me not being in, in social media because like I always whenever something new comes up uh social media wise I always like grab my username on it so yeah. I have the same thing and everything um but uh, no, so I, I don't know. I think of myself as a storyteller, I guess. I, I'm in technology. I build products. I build things that people uh, occasionally like to use and sometimes pay me money for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what people would want to know about me. Uh, I started my collegiate career in in comedy studies because uh, I had this pipe dream of being on Saturday Night Live and then um, got a more unemployable degree in philosophy and economics. <laughs> Line up in technology and uh yeah i like to talk i think that's why you said you should you should come on my podcast actually
1: well because we both like to talk we're i think we both self-describe as storytellers first and foremost and i think we tell stories in very different ways like different mediums at least and i think that's been something that we've always really resonated on so um yeah i mean obviously i think there's way more to you than just being somebody in technology (laughs) who likes to tell stories um but we'll dive into more of that um but I think it'd be fun before we dive into the intricacies of relationships and specifically how we've made our relationship work and and the beliefs around that, like what how our story is. I guess um, I, I've I've never really talked about this at length, and I think it'd be really fun to hear your perspective of how we met and because we have very different versions, you guys, um, of how we met and um, kind of how we started. You know seeing each other and and going from there and and the journey from that point. So, yeah, what's your version?
0: Are you sure you want to start with mine? I think it's more interesting than yours.
1: Oh, fuck
0: you. Um, (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, So, like I said, I I had started my collegiate career in comedy studies and pivoted to this other uh, much more intellectual, heady thing. Um, And it turns out that uh, you can't get a degree in those nerdy, heady things uh, with uh, theater classes. So I had to do an extra uh, semester in college as a a fifth year senior, extra semester senior, whatever. Anyway, so I took this class, uh, forensic science, because I thought it was going to be like CSI, which at the time, you know, was kind of all the rage. Mm -hmm. And uh, it wasn't, which was a bummer. And I actually almost dropped it um like I I actually was taking two kind of BS 101 classes uh that semester um and I was like I might drop this one but um the the teacher before the
1: class started right you were like I think I might drop oh
0: I was thinking about it afterwards but um but I hadn't met you but anyway so the the professor like I I think it had to have been like her her first time teaching because this class of like 100 people uh she had everybody go and introduce themselves Mm -hmm. and um you know, what they were doing, what they were interested in, why they were taking class, all that that kind of nonsense. And um, like midway through the room is where we were seated. I think we were like a row or two away from each other. And it got to uh, your time to introduce yourself. And I was uh, captivated, smitten, uh, insert other words. And um, I was like, shit, I got to talk to that girl. And then I remembered uh, that I had been seeing somebody else for like six months. And I was like, "Shit, you can't do that, bro." That's not cool. <laughs> and um, towards the end of the class, the professor decided uh, that everybody needed to trade information with three people, uh, so you know, in case you're out for notes or whatever. Which, by the way, I didn't buy the book at all, and I didn't study for that class, and I think I missed one question yeah, throughout the entire It's very
1: thing. annoying. He has a photographic memory, um. and it's makes me want to throw myself against the wall so sometimes. so
0: anyway definitely didn't need <laughs> notes from anyone but i was like oh man shit i should ask a ask a amanda girl for her her information and then again you know i had i had this like guttural like no nah, dude that's not cool you can't do that and um sure enough uh you Amanda I asked me for my information uh which is i i took as a, a sign from the universe because i uh i immediately went home packed up all my shit that i had at, at the girlfriend's house uh, and got the hell out of there, and then spent like two months trying to get you to go on a date with me, mm-hmm. uh, which was very frustrating.
1: <laughs> yeah, you were very <laughs> it was persistent. Pain in the ass. Um I think you're missing a very important piece of that, which was that you also had been thinking about ending things with that person. So it wasn't like a I'm hunky dory happy. And uh, then... yeah,
0: sure. Yeah, yeah I mean uh, 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 that's true. Um, I generally leave that detail out. When well, I tell this you're story.
1: welcome. <laughs> the details been added.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So that's that's Kev's version. And my version is pretty similar, actually, except that I so you guys know I, I got my degree in musical theater. I decided to be an overachiever that I am and get a minor in psychology. And the only psych equivalent class that fit in my schedule was forensic sciences. So I didn't really have a choice that semester. Also thought it was going to be like CSI. Also freaking disappointed when it wasn't. But what I loved um, so much about that class was it led me to you. But I didn't realize that for like maybe a month and a half. <laughs> like I, I remember my first impression of Kev. He was in a red polo shirt and he was like leaning back on his chair, like super like, you know, t- expansive, like taking up a lot of room.
0: You can't see me, but I'm doing the same thing. He right is, now.
1: yeah, he's he's fully emulating it. And I you know, he went to introduce himself before I did. And, you know, I remember my mom, you know, texting me before the class being like, maybe you'll meet like a cute boy. You know, I was like, mom, these classes like are filled with weirdos most of the time, which was true. And, you know, I'm not saying you're not a weirdo because you fully are. But, um, you know, here's this guy just like fully taking up space and like speaking like very verbosely. And I was like, this guy's cocky AF. Like, who does he think he is? Um, and, uh, then I obviously went to introduce myself and he happened to be sitting like the row in front of me and, um, diagonally. So I looked to the person on my left, the right for the thing. And then he was like, turned around and I was like, do you want to be my third, you know, person not having like for a second thought about it. So I did not have the original like flutter flutters, I just thought this guy was cocky. And then the next class we had, he sat down next to me and was like, hi, my name is Kevin Loy and you need to know me. And I was like, who the fuck is this person? Like, also you I have really to say that I did. You did really say that. Yes. Yeah. And the best part of all of this was I had never... So, like, up until this point, I'd had one really serious relationship through high school and, like, heading into, like, I took a gap year. And so that was really the extent of my dating experience. And I had always fallen in love with my best friends. So, like, the idea of a complete stranger coming up to me, this was before dating apps, you know, like, all that stuff, um, coming up to me and being like, I am going to get to know you. I just thought he was, like, really, like, kind and, like, trying to just be, like, friendly because he could tell that I was, like... You know, I just come from dance class every one. I was not, like, there to make friends. But he clearly had other intentions in mind as the uh, the, the Starbucks, yep.
0: stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: Um walking me to class. So, yeah, but clearly the naive Amanda did not get it over my head until, what, a month and a half later when we went on our first date?
0: Yeah, something like that. I think it was closer to two months, but yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think... I want to bring this up because I think the way in which we get into relationships nowadays is really different, maybe. Or maybe it's similar. Maybe you've met someone in class. Um, But I feel like most people that I know dating who are in the dating sphere right now, it's like, okay, we're doing the online thing. And that's just not how we met. But also, like, I think there are so many ways you can get into a first date. And I've had so many experts talk about dating and relationships and sex and all that stuff on here. Um, and obviously we're not experts on that, but we are experts on our relationship. And um, I believe that you become experts on communication and stuff. When you work on that intentionally. And I feel like in a way we are um, because we've spent the last eight plus years together intentionally building this relationship and, um, whether your story is that you've been with somebody for six months or you've been with them for 10 plus years, um, every relationship is different. And so our, my intention with this is not to sort of like throw what, what we have like in your face in any way, but it's to like open a dialogue and share different perspectives of the same relationship. Because obviously we are both autonomous individual humans, but we are experiencing a partnership, right? Um, And so, anyways, yeah, our first date was two days after my birthday. Um, You missed the Super Bowl for me, which at the time. I've
0: done for several years now. That's not true. That was really, really, really shitty planning. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to hold out for (laughs) forever.
1: Yeah. But our first date was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. You know, it was. Yeah. Closed down a restaurant. We
1: did. We closed down the restaurant. I think they kicked us out. They did. And we talked about being 80 year olds in diapers together. So.
0: Clearly. Yeah, it was a little weird. It was weird. Retrospect.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know uh, about you, but I and we've talked about this obviously, but I feel I, I had I had rarely really felt the feeling of like with a stranger. Like I feel so like I know I've known this person before, and you know I don't. You guys know like my spirituality is lacking, um, but something about this relationship from the get-go always felt like it was more than just what it was um and i mean yeah like our first date like i felt like i'd known you for my whole life Mm. so that was pretty crazy and we quickly um you know started (laughs) a very very um i would say like passionate and very um i don't know it felt like it grew very quickly relationship at least from my perspective do you feel the same way
0: yeah, I think it did. I mean, I, I certainly feel the same way of, of, like, having known you before for a much longer period of time mm-hmm. uh, very quickly. I actually feel like in terms of, like, um, the growth of the relationship and intimacy and those things like that, uh, that didn't necessarily grow faster for me uh, than prior relationships. But I definitely think that the the connection itself yeah. uh, felt very different. Um, I'm, I'm dropping the word, but there's some sort of, like... Uh, Idea of these like major milestone relationships that you have, and I, I don't think those are just uh, necessarily like intimate ones. Like I have those with friends too. Like my yeah. my best friend Casey, um, you know, is very much the same. I hated that motherfucker when I first met him. Actually, <laughs> I really did. Like yeah. I, he just weirded me out, you know. And I remember he had a roommate Dylan, who I was closer to. Um, and it took a little bit of time, but then all of a sudden, like, uh, you know, like the, I'd hang out with Dylan. And I was like, oh shit, Casey's home. Like, I don't know what to do about that. Mm. Or like, don't be like, oh, come over earlier. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get home from work. And I was like, well, fuck, I'm gonna have to hang out with Casey. Um, but it, it, and it took a little while to like breakthrough, uh, you know, shit there, but it, um, it grew into something where like i couldn't imagine my life without casey and that's mm-hmm. the, like the the benchmark of friendship for me that i have like i like uh, i don't know that i'll ever meet somebody that i get as close to you uh, know in, in a platonic sense as i am with casey but uh that's like the benchmark for like top tier friend yeah um,
1: do you feel like it took a while for you to feel that way about me
0: uh, no, that that part I think happened very quickly, and I, I think that was because like I jumped into this thing feeling, um, you know, o- over the course of a few weeks, like I'd known you forever. Mm, um, sure. You know? so that that's uh, that is the the intimate side of that like uh, milestone ish relationship, that that turning point. I don't know. There's got to be a better word for that, but
1: yeah, you know. well, because I I feel the same way. Like I feel like I fell for you really quickly, and I think within two weeks I had said I love you I think we both exchanged I love you's after like the two weeks oh, was it that soon yeah so I was like well fuck and like by three months in I was like I'm pretty sure I'm gonna marry this guy and that I
0: remember talking about I didn't remember the I love you things so early but
1: yeah well that's my memory I mean it's been eight years so who the fuck knows
0: yeah, it's all. Blame <laughs> it. Yeah, um, yeah. but it doesn't yeah. matter till you get on a podcast and try to start talking about.
1: apparently <laughs> but yeah I think I don't know so we've obviously like we grew up at least I feel like I grew up through this relationship. You know, we initially met when I was 19. I had just turned 20. Um, And, you know, I'm now 28 and have been with you that entire time. And I, you know, you're only a few years older than me. So I I feel like so much of my growth phase um, and like coming to terms of who I am and what I want in my life, like happened within our relationship. And I think a lot of people early on looked at our relationship, especially when we were talking about getting married at the ages that we did, cause we've been married for five plus years now. Um, you know, a lot of people looked at that and were concerned. They were like, what is that going to look like? Like, are you like, do you remember having conversations with people and like, Oh did, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, actually, uh, not too long ago, uh, Derek, we were drinking and Derek's like, hey man, I you know, I gotta I gotta fucking tell you about something, dude. And he's like, I was really worried about this.
1: This is one of our like really good friends. Well, Kev's originally good friend, obviously mine now too.
0: Um and uh he, he he said something to that effect he's like you know mm-hmm. I, I really didn't think this was gonna work out i thought you guys were too young i thought you know jumping into it faster than you wanted because of immigration stuff i thought that was all going to come back to bite you in the ass and i couldn't have been more wrong about it mm-hmm. so what well, one the conversation was interesting because i he had never you know voiced that to me yeah but then to to see him you know get to spend time with you and then ultimately recognize um you know the the uniqueness or, or specialness of, of what, what you and I have and have built over the last, you know, better part of 10 years. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a really cool feeling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what Kev just mentioned, the immigration part, I haven't talked about this before, but as you guys know, I'm a Canadian citizen. And when, um you know, I finished school, I had an extension on my visa for about a year, but if I wanted to stay in the United States, it was going to be up after that. And as an actor, you're not going to get a work visa super easily. So um. Uh, we spoke to an immigration lawyer and they basically said, you know, you probably want to get married. And, you know, I think I mean, we we should talk about like our perspective on marriage, because I know that we we have interesting different ones. Mm-hmm. Um but also, um, you know, I think we both kind of sat down and at least this is my perspective. So I would love to hear your version of it too, but we both sat down and said like, I plan on spending the rest of my life with you. Like, I don't want to not be on this planet without your face by my side. Um, and maybe this is sooner than we might have, you know, taken this step, but, um, if you're okay with it, like I'm, I'm fully in. And I think that's kind of, how we approach that that milestone because i was 23 when we got married so i was i think that's oh, young
0: jesus really
1: yeah yeah dude
0: oh, it's, it's weird when you do the math
1: yeah so yeah oh, i mean what God. were your thoughts that's around really that time nice.
0: well i i mean i i kind of have a, a contentious thing with uh marriage generally like i, I think One, I I had a lot of stuff growing up that that led me to believe that it wasn't even something that would ever work out. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty sure I wasn't destined for that. Mm -hmm. I I have some philosophical thoughts on it too, in that like, I'm not really sure that like, uh, biologically that's what we were meant to do mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh it it seems to be kind of the antithesis of what is our our like animalistic nature mm-hmm. um so this is probably not what your podcast listeners tune in for for the natural state of <laughs> No of, we've talked about this people. kind of shit yeah. um but um yeah so i you know it's funny um what was, that, what was that book we filled out that we, we looked at again in our? Yeah, in our... so
1: I found this random book at, I think it was Urban Outfitters, and it was like a fill in the gap book, basically. And so leading up to when we got married, I, I think for probably about four or five months, we were living yeah, together just really this slowly.
0: Point. We were filling it out. Yeah, right? we
1: filled it out. We like spent like a nine hour road trip to Canada, like doing the majority of it, I wanna say. Um, and then Kev actually ended up in the hospital like a month I want to say before we actually got legally married maybe a little bit yeah. less
0: yeah, um
1: like and we f- finished filling it out there and just like that was a really big t- a personal turning moment, moment for me um but yeah um that was really helpful cuz in a way I feel like a lot of people do like premarriage counseling or whatever and while we didn't actively do that like I guess legitimately question mark i feel like we did it in our own way um through this book and obviously other discussions as well
0: yeah anyway where i was going with the book was one of the things was like what's the worst thing about getting married and we, you know we kind of laughed about it and later when we saw this i i totally forget it but it was like oh having to like be monogamous and tie down to something like so that was like philosophically again that was always kind of like my my perspective with that like i just the, the history I had growing up told me that there was no way for marriage to be successful.
1: Can you share, uh, do you mind sharing a little bit about why that is the case? Uh,
0: my parents married and divorced each other three times. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, when I was, you know, really young, uh, for the most part. I think the first one happened, um, you know, before I was three and then a couple more times and then finally split up. Um, I don't know when I was like in fourth or fifth grade, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, uh, other marriages and relationships they had, you know, after that, it just, you know, it all looked like pretty much a shit show to me that there was yeah. no way uh, that any of that was ever going to work out. And I certainly didn't feel like I had a, a, a model.
1: Yeah. You know, for that. I was going to say, like, you never really experienced a role model or of a, 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 a relationship that seemed like it lasted and could stand the test of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. there I, I had no frame of reference for that. Right. You know?
1: Whereas I grew up with. You know, parents who are still together, and um, you know, openly were very, very like, you know, invested in one another and worked on their marriage um, and continued to do so. And and I think have you know just as much as I think our own relationship has inspired you. I think since we've gotten married, like you know, you getting to know my family better and having my parents in that space for you, but also like seeing some of our friends and showing up in that way. Your aunts, like you know, we've seen some really incredible examples of what partnership can look like, um, in various different ways. And I think that's yeah. been really
0: inspiring too. Yeah, it, it definitely has, you know, and, a you know, even, a, even on the side, like, um, her marriage to Dan, you know, what they actually got married, like shortly after we started hanging out. Yeah. I was like, one of the, the first like things like I think three months in it.
1: our relationship. Yeah. yeah. The first time um, I met her it was like the day of their wedding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they'd been together for years before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't her, you know, first marriage in my lifetime either. Right. So like I, even in somebody who's been like a surrogate mom to me, yeah. um, you know, like I, I didn't have that example either. Right. Um, and now, now I look at them and I think, Oh, they are like one of the most, you know, well put together, well-matched understanding couples in my life. Mm-hmm. Like they just get each other, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about that, but I want to go back to it for a second because I think a big part of your perspective on marriage and partnership in general um, lies in the. I think there's an overarching concept that I see a lot when people are getting married, and mm. a lot of people go into weddings or marriages for various reasons. But I think I something a term I hear over and over is like, "Well, this person's my other half." And I remember really early on, even into our relationship. Um, we talked about how we didn't believe in that concept. Yeah, you know, and how we've always said like we're each other's other whole. Um, you know, because I, like having someone else complete you as a person was just this very bizarre concept, it's
0: very obscure.
1: Yeah, so I think, and and we've talked about this a lot, obviously, in the, the last eight years. But something that you've talked about a lot, and I think we've do- dove into a lot more recently, is this concept of. Possession and how, mm-hmm. you know, it's like when you get married, it's, I think a lot of people feel safer in it because you feel like you have like some kind of hold over this person. And so I'm curious, like, did you, were you worried about that when we got married? Like, what about, you know, that aspect of relationships? Like, how do you feel about the whole possessive qualities that I think a lot of people go into marriage expecting?
0: Well, uh- i wasn't worried about it uh really because i because i trusted you um i think the the possession thing is weird like i i have no qualms with like the term wife or husband for you or i yeah it does feel weird to say my like because that that me like my wife or or my husband like that to me is like this weird possessive grammar thing that like i i don't know just it makes me feel weird yeah um but, you know, I think most people uh, have more qualms with the term wife or husband and, and you know, would use partner or something other another or whatever. Uh, but it's the possession thing that feels weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but I, I never had any qualms with that uh, in us. I, n- I never had any fears of that. I don't, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, no, um, I think I think the reason I asked that question is because I think most people go into relationships or marriage specifically with. Feeling like there's this, um, you know, till death do us part, like this possession piece of like, I, and a lot of people, I've seen this in a lot of people's relationships, seeing like the, well, I should be able to tell you what I'm okay or not okay with, and you abide by that. Or, you know, oh,
0: you like rules for things?
1: Kind of, yeah. And instead of expressing, like, instead of coming up and expressing from saying, hey, when you do this, it impacts me and here's why, and allowing them to make an individualized decision on if they want to continue those behaviors or not, it's like, well, I'm your wife or I'm your partner or whatever it is, and I'm not cool with this. So this should be full, you know, like, and it's this. Almost pressure, I think that society has imposed that tells couples like I have to act a certain way or be a certain thing because my partner expects that so expects that of me. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think it ought to be much more of a negotiation, kind of as you as you started down the like, hey, this is what that behavior or thing or what have you makes me feel mm-hmm. and we should talk about it but I want to I to take a step backwards because you you use something um uh trying to illustrate possession and I'm, I'm not sure that I totally agree with that or, or the perspective the till death do us part does not feel in any way as a possessive thing that sure. feels like a, I'm a committing to a thing
1: yes um, I agree with you and I think that that's we. I think we share that perspective. I I said that because I think a lot of people feel like marriage is this like okay, I'm I'm secure now, you know, like I have this. Mm-hmm.
0: That unit seems like a stupid ass thing part- to do. when when, when, <laughs> when like half of married people get divorced,
1: well, and that's true. And there's a reason it's that's like statistic. No, better,
0: no better off,
1: right? And there's a reason that statistic is so palpable and why you know I think having therapy and and navigating and and learning about communication is so key in a relationship but um I I I shared that because I think a lot of people have that perspective not because I personally have it um and I think I think that's where we kind of come into the whole topic of um our relationships hard or should they be easy Mm. and I had a, a very uh interesting um, debate about this on my personal Instagram, um, earlier this year where, you know, I said, like, I believe that relationships take work and I've seen that first and foremost through us. Like, don't get me wrong. Like we have been through a lot of shit, you and I. Um, and you know, I think that the idea, you know, like the side societal, Concept of what a marriage should look like—the word "should." You guys know how I feel about that, right? Um, or, or you know, the fairy tale aspects of you know, like you meet this person, you fall in love, and then you're your best friend for the rest of your life, and you, you know, everything should be hunky dory. But it was really interesting to basically ask you guys, and and some of you agreed that you know relationships definitely take work, and a lot of you felt that it should be easy, and so I guess. I I know what you're going to say, but I would love to hear uh, your perspective on this and and how we have kind of navigated that piece. Um, because I personally truly believe that relationships take work and any like truly solid, like relationships that's going to last, um, takes, I think a shit ton of work. So like, what is your perspective on that? And, and why do you think that that's a, you know, a thing?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't want to speak for you at all. I'd certainly give my perspective on the whole thing, but, yeah. um, yeah, no, you're a fucking pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> okay. He's not uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and there's a reason I'm saying that is because, uh, it's a choice, right? Like, um, like the tingly, whatever butterflies Mm -hmm. love feeling is a fleeting thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, love in a relationship, whether that's something long-term or marriage or whatever, um, you know, that, that ultimately shifts into a choice. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like I, I wake up every morning and I choose to deal with your bullshit, Mm -hmm. um, because, (laughs) it. <laughs> Dealing with your bullshit also comes with uh, a lot of, you know, an overwhelming number of, uh, of uh, really positive things. Um, I think about uh, you know, the, the way that I phrase that: you know, choosing to deal with your bullshit. Um, there, there's. Uh, oh, this is going to go deep, guys. So hold on. For hold a on to your hats. Uh, yeah, no. So uh, <laughs> there, there's a, or was a, uh, a French philosopher, Michel de Montaigne. Who uh, wrote uh, a bunch of essays, or it's it's usually culminates in a in a book of essays. If you've ever had to write one before, that's you you can thank uh, Montaigne for that. Uh, But he's also the philosopher that uh, is famous for uh, saying, "To philosophize is to learn to die," Mm. Um, and what what that means is that you really have to go and live to understand you know what death is as well. And so that's the same thing for dealing with your bullshit, right? Like that, what that really means is like learning to love you and choosing to love you. Right. Um, and I
1: think I think some of you might feel like bullshit's a strong word. That's just kind of how we talk to each other. Um, you know, but I could
0: have used stronger ones. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, but I think I think ultimately it's about um it's about choosing to love the person you're with for not just the things that you love about them, but their faults as well and their shadow self and choosing. What does that mean? Well, so that's like more of a spiritual term. So I say that for the spiritual junkies who are listening, but really it's just like the darker pieces of you because ultimately like we are not just all made of light. We're not all made of like, we're great all the time, right? There are seasons of life where we are maybe experiencing anxiety or going through a tough time personally, or work is not satisfying us and we're really stressed. And so maybe we're a little more, you know, snippy and irrational. I'm not speaking out of experience, (laughs) you know, but that's, that's part of being a human. And I think so often we have been programmed to believe that everything should be great in a relationship all the time. And I I call bullshit on that personally. Um, and I, and I call bullshit on that because I don't think we would still be here if that's the way that we chose to operate. I mean, do you agree on that or no?
0: I think so. I might've gotten a little lost at the last part, but I think I agree.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like I think that, I think that you and I, we've been through a lot of really challenging things. And I think if we had had the perspective of I'm only going to be in this when it's good, we would not be here anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Totally agree.
1: Yeah, and so, like, and that would be so sad because you're my best friend and, like, the mm. person that I will always choose, you know, like, in my life. And and I do that intentionally because I you make me better and I have a shit ton of fun with you, right? Um, even when things are hard, um, that's just part of, I believe that's part of life. So, that's just my personal opinion. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> He's like, I'm nodding. I agree. Yes. Um. Yeah, I just think that it's a... I think it's a interesting topic, and I would love to hear your guys' thoughts in our Facebook group around this. Like, what have you personally experienced in your own relationship or ships? Um, you know, like, how has that been for you? Because I think... I mean, obviously, we have the almost 10 years of experience together, um, and I feel like we'll probably f- also feel very differently in t- another 10 years um, of having to navigate all of the new things. But, you know, I think especially when two people come together who are very different and have, um, different beliefs or perspectives, like it takes work, it takes work to understand and communicate through. And I think that that's, while I think we share a lot of the same values, um, I think what you and I have had the most challenging part, um, is like, you tend to see the world very black and white, which is, I think quite common for a lot of men or like you know energized like focused men I think there's like a lot of that piece of like seeing the world in black and white and like logic brained and I tend to see the world very gray and so I think that a lot of the reasons why we've had challenging conversations or having to really deep dive to see the other person's perspective is around that would you agree
0: uh yeah I I would definitely push the logic side of that over the you know uh, either or of the scenario like sure. I, it's hard for me i think personally once i once i see something as logically sound uh to think outside of what that is yeah for um, sure and yeah. see
1: like other perspectives
0: oh uh, no i i think i can get into other just into other perspectives actually really easily it's just whether or not i think that's the right one with a capital r sure. um yeah so. And that can
1: be tough because, I don't know about you, but I like to be right. <laughs> um, and I also like to feel seen. And sometimes... um you know, when we're having conversations, like you're just not going to see my perspective. Like you'll understand and listen to what I'm saying, but it won't resonate for you personally. And that can be, and and we've had to work on that. Like that used to really frustrate me. I was like, I just want you to see me. I just want you to understand this. And you're like, I hear what you're saying, but I don't agree. And I don't understand that. And like being able to differentiate that, that doesn't mean that like my perspective is wrong or that I'm, you're seeing me any less. It's just that that's not your personal
0: yeah, no, I think we, we we I don't remember if it was the word understand uh, or there was some phrase I, I use a lot when we're in the middle of like talking through something and you, it used to really piss you off, and it wound <laughs> up uh, that like we just had a different different definition, definition. of what that was. I think it, I think it was understand, but I, yeah. I might be wrong.
1: Yeah, I think that's something that we've worked really hard on the last couple of years, especially is creating a shared meaning, and mm. instead of assuming that we know what the other person is saying or means is asking clarifying questions when we're feeling hurt or confused or like, it's like, this doesn't make sense to me. Like, why would you say that? Like, can you say more, say more is something we've, I think also really implemented. Is that saying it's like, did
0: we liberate them from
1: Brene Brown. She's the best oh, yeah. or the yeah. story I'm telling myself, you know? Yeah. Really? I haven't
0: used that one as much, but I do like the same more. Say I just more. think it sounds cool, really. Um, <laughs> what was the other one that, that we had a, a a big talk about in terms of defining? It was when we were traveling. Uh, I, I think it might have been uncomfortable or comfortable. Like, I, I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, it, that yeah, was a, you're
1: right. The discomfort and peace of that, yeah.
0: Yeah, because that was uh, – to say something is uncomfortable for me means – uh, substantially something uh, heavier than for right, you. Right.
1: Greater weight. Like to me, uncomfort is like, oh, like I'm a little uncomfy here. Like this is not really like jiving with me or whatever. And for you, it meant like I'm, hey, I can't do out. this. Yeah. Like I'm out. And I would have never, ever expected that because that's not the way I view it. Right. And so I think, I think that so many, uh, st- like so many couples who struggle, um, Struggle because they aren't communicating effectively with one another, and they're they're making a shit ton of assumptions. And I think in the first, like I want to say, four years of our relationship, like we assumed a lot, and you know, we definitely. I think say more. Say what more. What do you mean? Yeah. Well, I think I think we had a lot a lot more challenges when it came to our communication because we were both younger, and also um, we didn't have the tools that we currently. Have implemented within our relationship to really truly get that understanding and sit down and have three hour long conversations because we like Those to talk. Are the
0: short ones. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um, about something that's bothering us, right? And and being willing to to be open with one another and be communicative so that we can not just hold space for one another, but also come together in a shared way and move forward uh in a way that we both feel comfortable with. Maybe comfortable is the wrong word, um, but that we both feel aligned with, right? And we can and move from that space together, um, instead of feeling like we're just two buzzing humans like on very different trajectories. Because I think that's. I think that was a big fear. Like I know my my I had a big conversation before we got married with my dad. He was like, you know, when you're 23, you know, you're gonna have so much growth, and like, what if you grow apart? And I think that's a big fear that a lot of people have when they meet someone really young. It's like, well, we're going to grow apart, and sometimes that happens. But I often think that's a choice, and I think we both chose. He's he's looking at me interesting. You don't you don't agree?
0: I don't know that it's a choice to grow apart. Um, I, like I, I'd actually argue that there's a lot of things that we have grown entirely separately in, but we. Um,
1: yeah, but we choose to include each other in that piece. Or,
0: Right. But I, I think that the growth itself is still happening in separate disparate, sure. sometimes diverging ways. But then we continue to, like, uh, I don't know, tie, tie the vine back to the post, right, uh, of us staying together with that.
1: Mm. Can you share um, an example of this?
0: Uh, if you give me a minute.
1: I... <laughs> He's like, let me let me take on. Kevin's like, well, very... no, I, th-
0: I, th- I think, um, I mean, uh, some of the stuff. um you know, like you, you got some shit that's like way too woo for me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and like that's cool, like that's fine. I'm not gonna fucking mess around with that. No way. Which but- I also
1: pause for a second. I also think that this is probably hilarious for all the podians because I talk about how not woo I am, and you view me as very woo, which I think is really funny.
0: What did? What? Where did you just
1: use? Oh, the, my podians.
0: Yeah, I don't <laughs> think you should say that.
1: <laughs> they love it. <laughs> You that have. makes
0: me feel weird.
1: <laughs> Anyways, say more. <laughs>
0: um, no, I, I mean, you know, like you're, you're, uh, I don't know that you're actually into some of the things, but like you'll, you'll check out stuff like crystals and that kind yeah, of stuff like that. I'm interested no,
1: in learning more. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm not, you know, man, I'm very open. I'll learn a lot of stuff, but like, I got no interest in that. That's mm-hmm. not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's cool. Like Maybe that would piss some other, you know, couples off. Like they couldn't, they couldn't work. Like you do whatever you want to do, man.
1: Um well and I think that brings up a really interesting point, which is I think I've see I see a pattern in a lot of couples that I witness in real life or not in real life of like yeah. doing everything together and being very codependent of one another. <laughs> and I think what I think for me, we both are very independent beings.
0: Yeah, and, I got a good story for this.
1: <laughs> and I think Um, And I think that that the most important thing that we addressed early on in our relationship is we love doing things together, but we also, especially when we moved in together, was like, okay, we need our alone time and our individual friend time that's not with the other person. And while, you know, I love your friends, you love my friends, like they have become our friends in a way, like we each – share relationships with them. Like we also are very, very independent people and often do things separately because that's how we thrive. And we had to have that conversation. I said, I especially feel like early on when we were moving in together and stuff, because I think you can get in, a, especially when you get married, it's like, it's this we concept, right? Where you're like, you know, societally you become a part of this like weird like we are now a couple thing and like I just I never really have resonated with that like I I choose to spend moments with you and life with you because I have fun with you and sometimes I'll be like yeah come out hang out with my friends but sometimes I'm like bye no like I want some time alone and I think we're really respectful of that piece and because of that we've been able to grow and and have other interests and explore life in ways together and also apart what's your story
0: Uh, well, shortly after we moved in together, I'd been hanging out, um, and a totally not alcoholic way at a bar a lot, uh, cause it was in the neighborhood <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, and the they had this video bowling machine. Bar. Go ahead. What?
1: I, I just said it was like the find fun dive bar in the area. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Fun dive bar. And they, they had this, uh, uh, video bowling machine that I had a mild obsession with. <laughs> I, I might've been on a video bowling league. Um, anyway, I got to, I got to hanging out and talking with this guy, uh, Frank a lot um you know we were we were kicking it and um I don't know it was like six months after I started hanging out with this dude uh I said something uh, uh about uh I don't know if we were married then we or not were, no. but, um but anyway I said something I said something about you and he's like dude who who the fuck is that I was like <laughs> what do you mean and he's like no who you who are you talking about I was like my my girlfriend that like i I live I with, her. with her I've been <laughs> together for like i don't know three years or whatever yeah he goes, what the fuck are you talking about yeah. man? like dude i know i've talked to you about her and he goes no you you totally haven't i certainly haven't seen her around I'm like that i totally have talked about you like obviously i was like i gotta go home to amanda um you know if we were out late or whatever but it was just interesting to me that we had this you know we were doing such separate things yeah. that you know um whether or not that, that was entirely true from his part or not, I I, I don't think matters. But the, the concept of like that we had such separate, you know, experiences going on mm-hmm. at that point. That, um,
1: and I think that has helped us at least because of how you and I both are. Like we are very individual humans. And I think we both, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I know we've had this conversation before. But I personally feel very like I need my own time to explore oh, yeah. myself. and. and Uh, I mean, you and I, like, will kill each other if we spend too much time in a row together without some, at least alone time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and, and that's just how we operate best and how I operate and what I need and you need. And it happened to align in that way. But we, I think we got into a habit where we felt like that wasn't really possible when we first moved in together. And I think we had that conversation early on of saying like, this is what I need this. And you said, this is what I need. And, and we both moved from that space, um, which I think is really important. And I think no matter what you're going through and if you are in a partnership, I think the best and, and honestly the only thing that I think you can do for it to continue to work is to talk and to be really, and to create a safe container where you can be vulnerable and share how you're feeling and not do it in a way that's blaming the other person because I don't know about you, but I get defensive as all hell when I feel like, you know, I'm being blamed for something. But just saying, hey, this is how I'm feeling and... I want to adjust how we can navigate that together so we can move from a place of intention and kindness with one another instead of just like, I'm fucking pissed at you and here's why and all that stuff. Which, you know, there are days when that happens too and that's part of life. I did
0: that the other day when I, I sent I? you messages of, about stuff that you were like, ah, I don't want to talk to you oh, about this true. now.
1: that's true. I did. I was like, I – but, but I also – This is also a really big step because the old Amanda used to, before I started doing personal development, like I would have probably screamed at you when I came home and I would have been mad. Yeah. Um, but I, instead I said, I do not appreciate the way that you are speaking to me about this right now. I'm going to be home in five minutes and I do not want to have a conversation with you. And so I would appreciate if you could respect that. And you did. We, like, probably took two hours of very quiet time together doing our own thing. And then we finally came back together. And honestly, like, it was such a fucking stupid thing that normally, like, would have caused a blow up. But I didn't even feel the need to address it when it came down to it. And it was just like, okay, it's time to cuddle. We're going to cuddle now with Toby on the couch. And that was what happened. And I feel like that's a huge step forward for Amanda. So I just want to pat myself on the back for that one.
0: This This was not a big deal either. The dog got into the trash.
1: Yes, and I was blamed for said thing. So, (laughs) but that's this is my point, you guys. Like, there, if you don't have moments like that, it's probably because you're not talking in your relationship, right? Like, I, I don't, I, maybe it's just we're very, very vocal with one another, but like, I can't imagine not having tiffs or not having moments where it's like, Hey, like you're going through so much in life and you're going to hit road bumps. You're going to hit speed blocks, whatever the fuck you call them. I feel like neither of those words were real speed bumps, roadblocks. I completely flipped it. But the point is, is that if you don't experience those, like it's because you're not fully being present, I believe. Um, I don't know. Maybe you have a different perspective, Kev.
0: No, I don't. I was just thinking about like what, uh, you messing with the the road words there got me thinking about how uh, like driving in the car together or a road trip winds mm-hmm. up being the place where we hash a lot of heavy things out, and it's yeah. interesting because that, like that that uh, at the outset feels like really counterintuitive to me because you're I, like
1: confined in this space exactly yeah
0: yeah um but that has always seemed to be a way for us to say like okay we're fucking locked in this car for we in hours. No
1: other choice. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and uh we might as well hash some shit out and I feel hopefully like by the time we get wherever we're going we get out. We'll and- happier with each other yeah
1: I feel like we've actually even utilized that when we haven't been on road trips occasionally been like do you want to just go for a drive like you know if it gets really bad so maybe the car is your place maybe another thing going for like to a certain restaurant is like your place you also kind of have one of those I think Um, we
0: mostly have a restaurant where we get angry at each other
1: that's true we've stopped going there (laughs) 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 as Um, but you know having something that's yours and a ritual that you can you know go into and say okay like when we're when we need to hash this out maybe sitting on the couch and doing that in your space is not the ideal space for that and so find a new space to go so okay I feel like we could talk about this stuff forever but I just think I don't know this concept is so interesting and I wanted to bring you on because I know that we have very specific perspective around relationships and longevity and what makes a relationship work and I think have said it so eloquently and so beautifully the whole, like, you know, choosing to love each other, even when it's hard. And, you know, that, that, was what our vows said to one another. Like I choose you, not like I am yours forever, blah, blah, blah. It was like, I am choosing to be here even when it's hard. Um, especially when it's hard. Um, and I think that that, that at least has been kind of our mantra, for our relationship and um, one that I, I don't think will ever go away because it's such a deeply rooted piece of who we are and how we both choose to show up as individuals.
0: Yeah, I think I would layer the uh, always, always piece yeah. on top of that. Um, so there is a book. This is my woo moment. Yeah. Uh, there, There's a book um, by uh, I think it's Neil Donald Walsh or something to that effect called uh, Conversations with God and it's definitely like some new agey hippie shit yeah um but, but it's very it's very cool and anyway there there's part of this conversation um that is uh talking about love and how it's always as in two words in encompassing all the things and then always as in one word Forever. with time um and i think that's something oh well, we certainly say it to each other a lot but mm-hmm. i think that layered on top of the choice uh or in culmination with the choice perhaps is uh is really the the ticket
1: yeah I love it. Okay, before we go, I normally do like fun, fast questions at the end oh, with guests, but I'm gonna just do two of you. You ready?
0: Uh, hopefully.
1: <laughs> okay. Um. What's actually? I'll do three. What's your favorite? One of your favorite moments of our relationship?
0: Oh, that is a good question. Um. I'll pick a more recent one. Um. We went on a on a really long. Uh, a hike in Ireland. Mm. Uh, uh, actually, I think it was Northern Ireland because it was the Giant's Causeway. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It was a better part of like ten miles, and uh, it was uh this moment of one just taking in this entirely new place together and seeing all these beautiful things. But then this activity that um, you know we both really enjoy. And mm-hmm. Just I don't know. It was just a, a wonderful moment uh, us bonding and then seeing some cows that were really friendly to us.
1: Uh uh-huh, We got into some trouble on the trail. Yeah. <laughs> TMI. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, that's also one of my favorite moments. I love that. Okay. Um, what is one of the harder moments of our relationship?
0: Oh, um, do you edit this? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, one of the harder moments. Um, I think... Uh, I think it was really um, just so emotional on both of our ends. But shortly after we uh, we bought our condo, mm. um, we were celebrating Christmas in Canada and got word that like the roof had partially collapsed, and like that night dealing with it, figuring out what the fuck to do. Like I went up flying back to Chicago to like start the mitigation process yeah. uh, with water and and all this stuff. Um, but that wasn't hard because like we like we were in a rough patch it was just like a really difficult and totally unexpected life thing mm-hmm. um it was brand new to both of us yeah. and it was totally like super heightened emotions and you know we wound up living in fucking hotels and airbnbs for what three or four months probably it was crazy, yeah um yeah so that i think that whole period of time uh was one of the more difficult things that i think is podcast acceptable without editing <laughs> I
1: mean, you know that I'm fine to talk about whatever on here, but yes, we've had, honestly, I feel like when we talked about this recently, actually, that we were like, have we gone through a year where there hasn't been something really hard? Like, I don't know that we have, um, you know, there's just been a lot that we've had to traverse, um, individually. And then obviously it's impacted the other person too, or together. And
0: yeah i mean there there's definitely i mean obviously like you know the the braca diagnosis and like dealing like that's also wicked hard but yeah. i mean both of those things aren't like contentious points for us totally. I don't feel like we've on, you know, withholding like a couple of things. like I really don't think that in the better part of 10 years we've had too many of those. Yeah, just a handful. Yeah, I think
1: most of the things we tend to fight about are stupid things like what to order for dinner.
0: Yeah, we fight about <laughs> dinner a lot. Uh,
1: pro tip, get yourself some foodie dice and just roll. <laughs> just roll if you can't figure it out. Uh, okay, last question. I ask this to every single one of my guests, so you're no exception. What does it mean to you to live your fuck yes life?
0: Oh... That's a good question. Um, I had a summer of yes. Once, mm-hmm. uh, when I was, I don't know if I was still in college or shortly afterwards. Um, it was before but, I met you. Yeah. So I guess college, um, and that summer, uh, my group of friends and I, uh, my core group, uh, Casey, like I mentioned in a few other people, uh, we decided that we would say yes to every experience, um, with the condition that um, we could say no, if and only if it seemed likely that our lives were in some sort of real peril, yeah. or it was highly likely we would go to jail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, you know, I, I, that was a really formative time for me. Like i I did a bunch of things that I don't think I I would have ever assumed that I would get into. Mm-hmm. And so that that taught me uh, more about being open to things, right? Um, especially things that are uncomfortable. Like I just left my job to do my own thing mm-hmm. uh, and spend time with you and and the rest of the family. Um, you know, so that to me is you know living my fuck yes life it is just being open to what comes along and embracing that and and uh trying to uh either not be afraid of that or embrace that fear and and work with it uh, because it's a powerful motivator.
1: I love it. Thank you for coming on. I love. Oh yeah. You. Go get some Indian food. Okay. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) And there you have it. Thank you guys so much for listening and for everything we talked about on today's episode. You can have it over to AmandaCatherineLoy.com forward slash podcast forward slash 60 too Uh, and of course always checking out the show notes um, including our amazing sponsor for the month uh, uh, Ana Luisa and all of their amazing jewelry so be sure to check them out and get your discount um, using the uh, link analuisa.com forward slash capital L-Y-F-Y-L that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com forward slash capital L-Y-F-Y-L and as always I would love to hear your guys' perspectives on relationships and if you feel like relationships are easy or hard or whatever the fuck um, or something about today's episode that really struck a chord with you, share on Instagram and tag me at Amanda Loy. share in our Facebook community and as always, if this episode struck a chord in you share it with a friend, share it with your partner um, start a discussion around that um, and as always uh, like, review, and rating on iTunes means the absolute world to me and helps move the podcast forward and help you guys snag on other amazing sponsors, just like Ana Luisa. So thank you guys so much for listening. And until next week, I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.